Hey there, thanks for listening and welcome to the Marketing Matchmaker Podcast. If you're looking to grow your business, increase your revenue and scale your impact, all while staying true to who you are and the people you serve, this is the show for you. I'm Jennifer Tamborski, digital marketing strategist, fractional CMO, and founder of Virtual Marketing Experts. My team and I work with six and seven figure coaches, consultants, and online entrepreneurs who are tired of playing the guru game of one size fits all marketing. They're ready to create a business and marketing strategy that actually builds relationships with their ideal clients, creates massive shifts in their business and rapidly increases their revenue. As your marketing matchmaker, I'm going to help you find the perfect marketing match for you. This show will teach you how to reach your ideal client, connect with your audience, build that perfect relationship, and generate more revenue. All through a process I like to call dating your ideal client. Now let's go have some fun. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing Matchmaker. I am super excited about today's episode. I know a couple episodes ago, I was talking to you about paid traffic versus organic traffic and the difference between the two. And obviously as someone who does paid traffic for a living, I kind of lean that way. However, I completely think that organic traffic is incredibly important to your business. So I wanted to bring on Janice. Um, Janice is all about relationships, which as the marketing matchmaker, that is the key to whether you're doing it organically or through paid traffic. She's first and foremost is uh, her family is she's very proud of her two daughters and appreciates the support of her husband through all that she does. Having an innate curiosity, she has leveraged that into business relationships and teaches others how to do the same. Connecting people is a skill that Janice uses when needed and only when she feels that it will be managed most professionally as she holds that her relationships very dearly. Her passion is working with people who want to build their relationships through relationship marketing and networking. And she does this using online and offline strategies. We're gonna talk a little bit about LinkedIn today because LinkedIn is a huge part of Janice's business. She believes anyone in business uh, who, or who is looking for a new position needs to have a professional presence on LinkedIn, which means having a profile and being powerfully able to utilize the platform to attract new clients, new referral partners, or being found by recruiters. Staying connected and nurturing relationships comes next, and Janice shows her clients how to implement a tangible touch follow-up system with clients, prospects, and associates to stay in front of them while at the same time celebrating and appreciating their them on a consistent basis. I love LinkedIn, and I know a lot of people don't use it as effectively as they should. So I really wanted to have Janice on the program so we could kind of talk about that and how it can tie into my concept of dating your ideal client, which is all about building relationships. Welcome to the show, Janice. I am so excited to have you here. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I love that, dating your what was it? Dating your, Dating ideal, your client? ideal client. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I like to look at marketing in the terms of relationships, just like you. Um, mm -hmm. I just do it in a way that everybody can understand because everybody understands dating. At some point in our life, everybody mm -hmm. has dated. And so if we break it down in a way that everybody understands, it makes marketing, I think, less scary. Yeah, for sure. So tell me a little bit more about you and, and LinkedIn and kind of how you help your clients really use it to its biggest benefit. Thanks, Jennifer. Great question. Um, really, the first thing I like to check in with when people say, well, you know, I need to do something on LinkedIn. My first question to them is why? Why do you think you need to be there? You know, like um, it's not for everybody, just like all of the other platforms aren't for everybody. Like I have an Instagram account, but God knows I never use it. I'm just a voyeur on there. Like I love looking at other people's, you know, images. But for me to make, because I, I think early on, I got some uh, great training around Instagram. And I realized that number one, I didn't, I'm not saying my clients might not be there, but I don't have the patience to make those images with the filters and make it all seem right and whatever. And I know that's evolved since I first looked at it. But for me, LinkedIn was um, more linear, more um, easier for me and my brain to understand. However, I also say, are your clients there? Are your prospects there? Is that where they hang out? Because then for sure you need to be there. So we need to figure that out first. And once you buy into that, then it's a question of, okay, let's make you look the best you can look speaking to those clients, those ideal clients. So you can date them properly so they can be attracted to you, right? So that you can to use your analogy, right? So that you can um, ask them out first and, and um, find out what they're about and show some interest in them. So it's always first about why are you there or why you think you should be there? And two, then let's make you look the best you can be. From then we go into, um, okay, well, now you're the best you can be. You look good. How are you going to act there? right? First date opportunities. So, you know, outreach, yeah. inbound calls, how, or uh, messages, how do you treat those? And what do you do to figure out if they are in fact, someone you want to talk to further and build a relationship? The third piece that I look at is content. I see the messaging strategies and the content as two separate areas of um, opportunity. And for some people, they're natural writers. So that makes more sense. For others, it's about um, talking to people. And that's kind of where I feel the most comfortable. However, it's important for visibility, credibility, and being an authority in your subject um, to have consistent content. I completely agree with you. Like I, I, there is so, I love the strategy of first asking them why you want to be on, on LinkedIn, right? Or any social media platform, right? Yes. It, that's, that's the point. LinkedIn is a, a social media platform and it's one that you can use organic or paid traffic on. Mm -hmm. And you should probably be using both, right? <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's yeah. kind yeah. of the idea of, of LinkedIn yes. is that you definitely want to be using organic traffic. Um, and adding paid traffic as, as kind of that bonus. Um, that being said, how do people know if their audience 
is on LinkedIn? Like how, what's the best way for them to kind of figure that out? Well, that's an interesting question actually, because um, if you've been in business for a while, you kind of know where your audience is, but um, there's a couple of things you can do. You know, when you're out there networking, whether it's online or off, one of the things that, that I like to do when I'm having a, a brief conversation with people, say in a Zoom room, or if I'm at an event, God knows the last time I was at an event. But <laughs> anyway, um, I would say to them, hey, are you on LinkedIn? Let's connect there first. And so I ask them, you know, the same way I might ask them, um, uh, do you prefer text messaging, phone calls, or emails? What's the best way to get hold of you? So I usually ask them about that, but I also ask them if they're on LinkedIn because they know that that's what I do. And so that's the easiest way to find me. Um, the other thing you can do is you can know by um, searching, you know, you can search, um, see if they're on there. Number one, number two, you can search for their, um, uh, that industry. I mean, there's, it's a professional platform. So anybody who's in the professional, the lawyers, the doctors, the Indian chiefs, right? They are probably on there. The financial planners, anybody in sales, um, the, um, the realtors, the mortgage brokers, because, and I'll tell you why, because when you Google somebody, you'll see that Google um, indexes LinkedIn really highly. So if you have a LinkedIn profile, and it better be a good one, it will come up high on the Google uh, search. So that's an e that's one way to find out really quickly. I love that. I and, and you're right. I mean, I, I tell my audience and my clients all the time, if you don't know, ask your audience, right? You have to be able to talk to your audience to know um, where they hang out. Uh, that being said, I think pretty much anyone nowadays anyway that has a business is on LinkedIn because it is a professional network. Um, it's also kind of become more of a content focus driven um, platform over the years. And one of the things I love about LinkedIn that you don't necessarily find on Facebook is that you don't have all the BS that comes with politics or, you know, the, all of that kind of stuff. People go on LinkedIn, they talk business, they talk, they may be giving out their content, but they're not diving into your relationships and your whatever, whatever those things are that you see on Facebook so often. Yeah. I kind of liken it to, um, uh, Facebook, uh, is kind of like the backyard barbecue. I think Instagram is like, it's lifestyle marketing and not necessarily true lifestyle, right? True, it's a pretty picture. And, and uh, Twitter is like, um, you know, I'm going to age myself, but you know, cheers when people drop by Sam's <laughs> bar at the end of the day, but it's also now fully political, right? So Absolutely. I don't even go up there. And then LinkedIn is, is like the, um, uh, cocktail party, the gala event, the formal wedding. It's just a little bit more up, you know, like yeah. I kind of, right. And so, and you can get to the heart of a business conversation much faster than you can on the, on say Facebook. Yeah, I saying. actually, I love that comparison because for two reasons, one, the people on LinkedIn tend to have a higher income, right? They're, they're the, the earners and the spenders. 
as opposed to Facebook, where sometimes you get a lot of people looking for that free content because that's absolutely not yeah, that so that's the only people on Facebook and LinkedIn can absolutely be another platform where you can find that audience. So the audience on, or the members on LinkedIn are skewed just over 50% um, male, female um, is pretty close. And the socioeconomic level is higher. You're right. And um, the decision makers are there. Yeah. So it's faster making it. People are faster at making a decision. Let's do this. You know, instead of on Facebook, like you said, they want the free checklist first and then they want to ask 14 people and then they're not really sure they want to spend that money. So it's different. It's just a different feel, you know, totally. It is. It's one of the things that I love about about LinkedIn is the amount of good content that's on there right now. So let's talk about that for a second, if you don't mind, because I I want to just say that um, there is a lot of content on there. and yet LinkedIn has not made that. They keep changing things. They're always changing things, but they never tell you until it happens. And then all of a sudden you can't find something. So one of the things that used to be really strong on LinkedIn was what they called Pulse, which was their how you write your articles on LinkedIn, yeah. which you can still do. Okay. So anything over like a, it used to be 1300 characters, but I think it's more now. No, 1300 words, I think. Words. Um, but it's over, it's over that now. So you can write long articles on there, but you can't find them anymore. You can't yeah, find unless yeah. people post or put them in their featured thing, a featured section and link to it. The good news is it's still there. The, the bad news is it's hard to find them. But the, the other thing about that is that you're better to have the article listed there or printed there than to send someone off site to your blog or to your website. LinkedIn doesn't like that. Yeah, I don't think any social media platform likes to take people off their site. It's kind of the whole point of the social media um, is to keep people on whatever platform you're on. So I love love that tip because I know a lot of us started writing LinkedIn articles because that's what LinkedIn was pushing. And now it's not as much. I think it's becoming more video focused, more video centric than it was at the beginning of it. So isn't the world? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, we do this right. You know, that's how we're going to interact, especially in the last year. How else are you going to people see each other's faces? You know, I mean, right now we're in the fall of 2021. So Mm -hmm. we we're not even going to dive into the the whole of what's been going on. It's a reality that this last year has changed a lot of the way people have done business. To that end on LinkedIn, they have introduced um, cover stories, which I'm still not a fan of, but cover stories are when you look at someone's profile and their, their profile um, headshot turns into a video. It's kind of scary. And then you have to click on it and see the 30 second video could be an introduction, you know, to who they are and whatever, which has its merits. I just find it creepy still. I'm not very quick to change those things. The second thing they've done is they've added um, video messaging, which is, I think, really good in that it's private still. It's your messaging, your message to somebody, but it's a video. And so they can see you. You can, yeah. you know, which is brilliant. You can only do it from your phone at this point, but it does show up on 
um, your desktop as well as your all your devices. Um, so those two things in itself. And then, um, yeah, those are the two big ones, I think, in terms of video. Plus, you can, plus LinkedIn Live is, is more prevalent now than it was. Um, they've asked, you know, you had to ask and then you'd wait and wait and wait. And then, you know, to get access. And I think it's more prevalent now. Yeah, I think it's rolling out faster now than it was yeah. um, in the past. Yeah. And you're still waiting. I mean, that is one of the things that drove me the craziest about LinkedIn Live when it first came out. I was like, oh, yeah, I know how that works. And it was, yeah, definitely a process to get. Yeah. So, yeah. When someone um, goes on LinkedIn, what would you suggest for their profile? Like, what what are the things that they need to pay attention to when they're they're writing their profile or they're writing the caption underneath their picture, those kind of things? The thing that I teach people to to look at on other people's profiles so I can I'll back end it here yeah. is what's the first impression when you go to somebody's profile that first impression uh, comes from what the old newspaper turn um, above the fold so what you see at the beginning at the top part of their profile their banner or background image their headshot their their name their headline those are the first things that people see so are you presenting the best picture of you? Is it showing up as you've taken the time that it takes to create um, a uh, personalized banner, a custom banner? Now, when I say custom, it could come from your website. It could also be done on Canva, uh, or it could be a beautiful image that you wanted to share, but it needs to be more than that. It needs to fit to your to your business and so on. So your that needs to be done um, so that we're not seeing the default blue banner. Your headshot needs to be professional. I don't care what business you're in. It needs to be professional as much as possible. No selfies, no logos, okay? No pictures of you with your child or your dog or your cat. It needs to be a business headshot. Um, and then your headline. Now, there is a new feature in LinkedIn uh, called uh, creator mode. And a lot of people are checking, changing things that affects not your headline, but the piece directly under it and the invitation, whether it's to uh, connect with me or follow, but that's another story. So we'll just talk about this for the moment. And their headline needs to, for your benefit, have keywords that people will search on LinkedIn to find you. So you're a marketer. It's not so much that it's marketing, but you're a marketer. So uh, digital marketer. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, paid, paid you know, ads, uh, sales, sales models, sales, yeah. Or if you're a coach, of, coach. Yes, try to use, try to use um, uh, what I call egoic labels, people words. So instead of accounting, accountant, because people search for people mostly on LinkedIn. So that's, um, that's the first impression. It's also important that you have a filled out about section. And that about section is your narrative. It tells your story. Um, and it speaks to your target audiences. So it shows how you solve the pain points for them or what are the, that you understand what their pain points are and that you speak to those things, uh, to those. You do it in first person, it's a narrative. It's your 
and it shows your personality that way. If you just cut it, copy and paste from your website, it's more it's third person or from your re resume, even worse that a lot of people do. It's more formal, but it isn't really a lot. It's not the purpose of the about section in my estimation. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think about those people that put, you know, things like I'm a shiny unicorn that solves your every need or something um, like that. Yeah. Okay. I get it. So even that positioning statement, as I call it, or benefit statement, that's part of your uh, headline needs to speak to your audience. I don't care that you are sh the shining solution to everything, unless I know you care about me. So right. don't put it in those terms, switch it around. Solving those problems for you. I'll just be generic, right. you know, helping right. no, you do whatever. I think people also need to understand that LinkedIn is still a search engine, right? Like, so if people are looking for an accountant, they're going to type in accountant, not, you know, understander of all numbers, right? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's good to have a, um, a positioning statement, though, that can filter your audience. Um, so they, they, they know that's the person I'm looking for. They look at your sense of humor or your personality that shows up in your about section. Then talking to you is going to make, you know, I always have to talk to people. I get a gut feeling about somebody. But um, it is important to, uh, to show you and who you're speaking to in yeah. your about section. Yeah. So when you talk to people about starting their messaging campaign, right, that, that instant messenger in LinkedIn, um, when they're first reaching out to random connections, do you suggest that they send a message? Absolutely. Absolutely. However, that first connection request um, is it gives you, they give you 300 characters to write a message. Now, generally speaking, people who go to accept those don't always look and read that message. So don't make it, you know, full blown 300 characters. You might say we met on Zoom at the ABC event uh, last week. Would you be open to connecting here? That's it, you know, and then once they accept, then you start the real conversation. Yeah, I love that. Um, because two things, right? When you get connection requests on Facebook, I don't know about you, but when people that I don't know or connect with me on Facebook, it's a little more uncomfortable than if they do it on LinkedIn, right? I expect people to connect with me on LinkedIn and I expect them to sell me on LinkedIn. My really? expectation yeah. on Facebook is different. And I, I don't know, that's me personally, that's not everybody. And I think it's easier to start that conversation for me on LinkedIn than it is for me because of my own like internal thoughts about it. I find that I feel less uncomfortable connecting on LinkedIn to random strangers than I do on Facebook. And I think a lot of that has to do honestly with MLMs and the way they've used Facebook. So people that connected with you on Facebook during through Messenger were always selling you something. 
where Facebook okay. was supposed to be a personal platform. And to me, LinkedIn is a business platform, right? And I look at it as well, such. A lot of MLM people have come over from Facebook because Facebook wasn't working. So now they're coming <laughs> over to LinkedIn. And um, I have to say, I'm an MLM believer. I love network marketing. I have a network marketing component to my business. And those people give it a bad name. Okay, yes, so, absolutely. Right? So, I love yeah. MLMs. I have absolutely, I, I, I'm fully supportive of them. And there were some people that were taught really bad marketing. They are, they weren't taught anything. And, right? <laughs> and so they think they have to throw up all over everybody and tell them about, you know, it's funny. I got a Facebook message two days ago from someone that I met and we are connected, but I haven't really had a conversation with her pass anything for a couple of years so she's reconnected with me and in the next breath she's telling me that she wants to send me some samples for her new uh business and I'm like really do you really want to reconnect with me or are you just trying to sell me mm-hmm. so I'm now the big girl and I I message back and say it's really nice to hear from you I am really not interested in any new products thank you so much if you still want to have a conversation I'm open to that you know so- but I've put it out there Let's talk about that then for those people that are out there messaging on LinkedIn, how do they start a conversation other than that initial connection? What is it that makes a conversation successful on LinkedIn? Be authentic, be interested in the other person, right? Have done your homework and actually read their profile, right? And see if there's anything on that profile that becomes a conversation starter, a rapport builder with them. And so um, if you are doing the outreach, okay, then when you do your uh, searching on LinkedIn, one of the things you must look at is, are they active on LinkedIn? Because it brings up, you know, the search brings up a lot of people and then you start to um, narrow it down. And then when you start to look at Uh, the people that you think you want to connect with. Well, what made you want to do that in the first place? They had a good photo. They had a good headline. They were in the location you wanted them to be in, whatever. The thing is, when you go to their profile, does it have an activity section or have they done nothing in the last two years or 90 days even? Because when you reach out to them, they're not going to see it. Right. Right. So if they're active, they will pay attention. And if they then accept your um, connection request, now you start a conversation. Thanks for accepting my connection request. I looked at your profile and I love the fact that you are involved in, you know, the SPCA. I'm a dog lover myself, blah, blah, blah. So I always start with something that they can relate to. And it might be the smallest thing on their profile. It might be the things that people don't look at. Like, um, you know, at the bottom of your profile, there's a thing called interests. Mm -hmm. And if you click all there, you'll see that it breaks it down into who are the influencers you follow, who are the schools you follow, who are the groups that you're in. And I think there's one other companies. And so if I see that somebody follows Sarah Blakely, because I love Sarah Blakely, Mm -hmm. I will start a conversation about that. Because anyone who likes the people that you like must be a like-minded person. Right. So that is a for, huge tip. 
Yeah, I think so, actually. And you got that one from me for free. So there you go. <laughs> no, it really is because I think that's one thing that people struggle with when it comes to organic marketing is creating that true, authentic relationships, especially when they're doing the reach out, right? We, we both know in marketing, you have time or you have money that you can invest. And if you don't have money, then you get to invest time. Right. And creating relationships take time. So really looking at um, the best ways to go about doing that and those little bitty things is important. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to make it about them, to show that you've paid attention. And if they respond to that, you know, if they start asking you questions too, well, you may have hit something here. So the goal is for me, is to take that new relationship, that new connection, warm it up a little bit, build a rapport, and then off uh, take it offline if you think there's going to be something there. Now, interestingly enough, I mean, if I'm looking at somebody's profile and it's perfect, they may not be a good, a good prospect for me, right? right? Or I might look at them from a different perspective for my follow-up, you know, my send out cards business, which is the tool that I use to nurture and stay connected to people. So that might be a different um, story when I'm connecting with them. But either way, uh, if I see they need help on their profile or I'll ask them a LinkedIn type question, right? And then uh, the object is to get them off and into a Zoom call or a, a phone call or God forbid, an in-person meeting, right? <laughs> Someday we'll get back to in-person meetings. And the reality is the best thing about being social media and virtual is we can meet people. I mean, you're in Canada, I'm in Missouri. We yeah. never meet in person without. Exactly. This kind of I'm thing. never going back to in-person because I don't like parking and going downtown. And, you know, I'm actually, actually, I'm going to meet someone for lunch on Friday, which I haven't done for a long time. And I'm actually going, you know, out of my area. Like it's not that far, like, but it's across the bridge. And I haven't done that for so long. And I don't know if I'll ever do it for business, you know, unless for a bigger conference or something where I want to be, you know, there, but um, yes, it's changed a lot. It has. And I love the fact that you, I mean, you're the biggest thing I think people can take away from this conversation is to start the link, the relationship on LinkedIn and to move it off, right? Because social media is amazing and that's not really where you sell, right? Like that's, that's not the whole point. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's where, you know, those MLMers that are coming over with their cute little emojis and things like that, I need to talk to them. And I feel it because I'm an MLM person too. And I love that industry, which I already told you, but I'm saying it again, because they need to see things differently on LinkedIn. And, you know, it's not about you. It's about the people that you want to talk to and how you can make their world better. So speak to them, not speak, you know, I, 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 I think that goes for every business owner out there, right? That's every business owner. I I've said this before. Nobody really cares about you, right? <laughs> I mean, it sounds really harsh, but they don't, they care about what you can do for them. And that's yeah. the whole point when it comes to organic marketing 
or paid marketing or just marketing in general, growing your business, it's about how you can support your clients. That's right. And I think people like you who do those ads and create those, those um, platforms, those paid um, uh, messages for people are like gold because honestly, I, that's not my forte. My forte is talking to people and, and showing them the power and the value of actually having a relation, having a conversation that centers on the other person and makes them feel like gold and moving that conversation into a relationship. That's my unique thing. That's what I love to do in, in putting the right words in the ad that will draw people to it. That's not my thing. Well, I think think that the theory behind both are the same, right? It's about making that connection and pulling them off of the social media platform. It doesn't matter whether it's paid or organic. However, if you're first starting your business, like if you're just getting your business up and running, doing organic kind of marketing through LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or however you're going to do it is really super important. And it's a good way to grow and expand your business. If you do it properly, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And to circle back to the beginning of what we were talking about, um, you don't have to be everywhere. Absolutely. You need to be where your audience is and where you feel comfortable. I couldn't agree more with that. I was talking to someone just this morning about that. Pick one platform and become really, really good at it. And then you can start broadening out. So if LinkedIn's your platform and you know your ideal clients are there, I would suggest connecting with Janice so that you can get your profile up and running and you can get, you know, kind of that figuring out how LinkedIn works um, and doing it organically first. And then we can start with the paid traffic because you have to be able to sell yourself and your business before you can start running traffic to it. I'm just putting in the chat. Awesome. I have, I actually have Janice's contact information in the show below. So, um, so if you're interested in LinkedIn and interested in that, I would connect with Janice and do you have Janice, do you have a a last tip or a last, you know, words of wisdoms to our audience for today? Um, I think it goes back to, um, being authentic and, and, uh, putting that best picture of you out there. And by, I mean, best image, the whole thing, the first impression. And so start by putting that time and effort, whether you do it yourself or whether you get someone like me to help you to build your profile so that it's effective. And then you're feeling confident, more confident about your outreach and your message and your um, content strategies because you have a good base. You look good there. Everything speaks to the right people. And I did, um, I don't know if it's in the show notes, but I did put um, in the chat my uh, calendar link. If anyone wants to reach out and have an intro conversation with me, I encourage people to message me on LinkedIn and ask to connect with me and say that they uh, heard me on your show. And I also do have a free 16-point checklist for building your profile. If anyone's interested, they can go to my website and download that. Um, No problem. 
So that's, yeah, that's it. Awesome. All of that information will be in the show notes. So um, definitely connect with Janice on LinkedIn. Um, I think you would be amazed at what she's able to do. And on that note, I want to circle back to the whole thing. This is all about relationships. Marketing is all about relationships. Dating your ideal client is about building that relationship, whether you're doing it from an organic perspective or you've are scaling and you've gotten to the point where you're wanting to run paid traffic to your pro your product service or solution right it's about creating that message that's going to connect with your ideal client and really be really growing that relationship thank you so much for joining me today janice and i look forward to talking to all of you soon thank you Thank you for listening to the Marketing Matchmaker podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear your feedback. Please head over to iTunes and leave a review so we can hear from you. And if you are a coach, consultant, or online course creator who are looking to grow your business, increase your income, and scale your impact, connect with me at yourmarketingmatchmaker.com. I look forward to hearing from you.